welcome to the Modern Agile Show episode 10. I am super excited here to be with my friend David Lokeets. How are you, David? I'm good. How are you doing? Great, great, great. Thank Very you. good to be here with you. We've been sharing um, a Sierra Nevada Porter. Um, it's, it's quite good. It's it? delicious. It's delicious. You know what? I think we should open one more. We've been sitting around talking, and uh, now we're starting to make the show. So let it roll. Let it roll. So we're, we're going to have some fun. We're going to talk about, let me top you off here. Okay, cool. All right, there we go. David's from Southern Cal. Yes, sir. Southern California. Here we are in Berkeley, NorCal. So the SoCal, NorCal thing, we like each other. The rivalry there is, it doesn't I mean, exist. You know, it's all good. It's, it's all good. Um, all right, well, cheers to you joining me on cheers. the show. Thank you again. For Thanks me. for coming. I'm going to start off the show as I often do with reading a quick passage from a book. This book here is legendary in the software field. It's called The Mythical Man Month by Frederick Brooks. Wonderful book. This is the 20th anniversary edition, and it was the 20th anniversary edition in 1995. So this book came out in 1975 in the heart of the disco period. <laughs> Maybe we should have wore our leisure suits today, right? Yes, we should have some Bee Gees music playing or something like that. Staying alive. Staying alive. Staying alive. Well, that's the name of the game. So I'm going to read a small passage real quick that I think relates to what David and I are going to talk about. And this is at the beginning of the book. It's called The Tar Pit. No scene from prehistory is quite so vivid as that of the mortal struggles of great beasts in the tar pits. In the mind's eye, one sees dinosaurs, mammoths, and saber-toothed tigers struggling against the grip of the tar. The fiercer the struggle, the more entangled the tar, and no beast is so strong or so skillful that he ultimately sinks. Large system programming has over the past decade been such a tar pit, and many great and powerful beasts have thrashed violently in it. Most have emerged with running systems. Few have met goals, schedules, and budget. Large and small, massive or wiry, team after team has become entangled in the tar. No one thing seems to cause the difficulty. Any particular paw can be pulled away. But the accumulation of simultaneous and interacting factors brings slower and slower motion. Everyone seems to have been surprised by the stickiness of the problem, and it is hard to discern the nature of it. But we must try to understand it if we are to solve it. Therefore, let us begin the, by identifying the craft of system programming and the joys and woes inherent in it. The tar pit. So... Do you have a story to tell us about emerging from a tar pit? Yeah, it's really applicable today. Um, I'd like to talk about one of my favorite clients that were in the tar pit, and they recognized it early on. Not early on, but they recognized it and said, hey, we need to do something different or else we are going to become obsolete. Okay, wonderful. And, and my question to you would be, how, if any, how at all did Modern Agile play any role in this? This is our show on Modern Agile. It did, and I think one of the, uh, several ways. They had an organization that was delivering late, delivering a lot of bugs, a lot of defects, um, dissatisfied employees. It just was pretty dysfunctional. So unhappy employees, poor quality. So 
No, uh, make safety a prerequisite, not there because there's a lot of poor quality. Correct. Not delivering frequently enough. How often were they delivered? Um, on the average, new software is being delivered, I'd say, <clears throat> excuse me, roughly around 18 months. 18 months. Yeah. Okay, so that's 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 pretty darn slow. Yeah. That's, that's like 20th century speed. Yeah, and DevOps, you know, defects was coming out at, at a, a pace they couldn't keep up with what needed to support the customers. Okay, and joy, joy in terms of employees, joy in terms of uh, the, the customers, was that troublesome? It, yeah, it was very troublesome. Okay. Um, and, and it was two layers of customers as well as internal. So making people awesome was not necessarily happening. No. And experimenting and learning, what about that? No time, it was all reactionary, uh, crisis management, let's get it done. Uh, we got to do it faster, weekends, evenings, um, mm, yeah, triage, hero mentality. So there, there really wasn't any experimentation or learning. Okay. Yes. We, we say uh, heroism is hazardous. <laughs> it was the rule. Yeah. Okay. So this is what you came into. You've got this beast in the tar pit struggling. And what happened? The leadership team, which was an amazing leadership team, says, hey, we need to do something different. We don't exactly know what Agile is, but we know we need Agile. So we were brought in to do an agile adoption hmm. and worked with a small subset of teams to do a proof of concept or kind of a pilot group. Um, we trained them up on agile. We, we, would, we got them started. We had weekly meetings with the leadership team. So training and coaching. Training and coaching. But you were starting with the leadership team. We started with the leadership team uh -huh. from an awareness perspective. They recognized they were a very humble group. Hmm. They recognized that, hey, we as a group have to make change. Ah. So we then embraced not only the adoption, but the transformation process. So the lead, senior leaders of this company, you're talking about, who, 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 who are you talking about? We're talking about over product management and sales we're and marketing. We're talking human resources. We're talking development, talking QA, and executive leadership from this, this division within the overall organization. We're all engaged. We had weekly meetings and discussed where are we, where do we go, and what do we need to do next to support our individuals and our teams. Fantastic. So that, that's a nice way to start. It was a beautiful way to start. Okay. So what happened? Um, we started off, like I said, with, with a couple teams. The teams began to adopt, but they weren't making the progress they needed to. So we needed to make changes from a leadership perspective. Not changes in the leadership, but the leadership needed to make a, play, a change to where they created a safe place for the individuals to work. Uh, so they had managers that were more like resource managers, functional type managers. They removed that accountability. They embraced and em empowered the teams to work together, um, not QA versus development, but to work as one team. So a cross-functional team. Cross-functional feature team or a, you know, a balanced team, whatever you want to call it. A team composed of people who could actually deliver value. Exactly. And if you know development and you don't know QA, we're going to invest in you and we're going to let you learn it. We're going to work as a team. Mm. Hey, let's experiment. Let's try pair programming. Let's try mob programming. Oh, nice. So they, they embraced the team's ability to try new things to learn and to deliver. And it was safe that they could, you know, fail. Wow. And learn from the safe. So we had these, these you know, great retrospectives where it wasn't, you know, let's point the finger. How do we improve? What do we need? And the leadership embraced that. So how, hold on quickly for, for a second here. When you say it was safe to fail, mm -hmm. how did people feel it was safe to fail? How did leadership make it safe to fail? Um, basically, the first thing they did is they said, you are operating as a team. They basically told them, you are the team. You're not reporting into a resource manager. You succeed. You fail. You work as a team. You deliver as a team, not as individuals. So they removed the external reporting out of the team 
and had the whole team reporting as a unit. Wow, so that was a big experiment for that company. It was, it was huge. And what about HR? Because HR usually likes to, you know, performance, do performance uh, management or, or, you know, evaluate each mm -hmm. individual. How did that work? Um, they were involved from day one when they decided to go to Agile. They were involved, excuse me, in our weekly um, meetings as far as transformation progress was going. What they also embraced along the journey was how to begin evaluating and how to judge and, and rate teams oh. as opposed to individuals. Wow. Now, they were still in the process of having to do individual individual reviews, okay. so they didn't completely get away from it. Sure. But they began, began embracing how do we as a team succeed as opposed to individuals. So they removed that layer of complexity, at least off the table from the individuals. Fantastic. I mean, that's that's getting out of the tar pit. Mm -hmm. Awesome. And, and so what happened with, let's say, delivering value continuously? What did it go from and to? Yeah, so it was from very combative type of environment. So we had two two different customers, internal, external customers that were complaining constantly about features that were not being delivered on time, bugs that were not being uh, corrected in a timely manner, to a situation where the teams were able to focus specifically on the highest priority, mm -hmm. as laid out by the product manager, working with internal and external businesses, and they begin pushing out software at a much more rapid pace. Wow. It started off focusing mostly on bug fixes in a couple of the teams, mm -hmm. new, new software, um, new features in other teams. But what they were able to do is begin starting and, and, and slow down the curve of working on defects and more feature-based. Mm. Excellent. And, and you said at one point that it was 18 months between releases? Yeah. And what did it end up? Or where, where are they roughly today? Yeah, I would say that they're doing product releases probably in some product teams on a monthly basis, especially you know small features or defects, yep, yep. Um, to okay. three, four months. Okay, so they're well on their way towards getting more towards delivering value continuously. You know, that's the high bar, of course, of, of what we talk about. Absolutely. Can you deliver? But, but get even getting from 18 months down to one month, that's a huge improvement in terms of getting out of the tar pit. Yeah, yeah it, 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 it just, it was, it was, it was monumental what they were able to accomplish, but to me it was more impressive to the humility of the leadership team yes. and their ability to make changes to help empower the team. So it was really important them to get the team to where everybody's feeling and being more awesome. So they changed the structure and brought a delivery lead oh. based on pure value. These are, are seasoned agile individuals that actually helped coach up the teams and embrace them to experiment more, learn more. Um, they yeah. created more safe places and they created an environment that was more conducive for success. So delivery leads, I love that term because mm -hmm. that's so nicely aligned with this principle of deliver value continuously. Mm -hmm. And what you're saying is those delivery leads made it okay to experiment and learn rapidly. And they also are teachers and stretch the team. So they, they're bringing in a, a beautiful way of looking at it. So there's actually three individuals that, that they've brought in yeah. to fill those roles. Okay. So they recognize they need to come in from the outside. So they're infusing new talent as well. And how did, did when after all this happened, did people feel more awesome? They did. Um, they, they, they not only felt more awesome, they would be more willing to experiment. Um, they. The individuals would then jump from team to team to help out. Mm. So if, if uh, one team, uh, one of the legacy teams was struggling with the pure volume of testing, so they had more developers than QA initially, we worked on becoming a cross-functional team. Individuals from other teams actually parachuted in to work with them in mob programming, mm. so they were able to experiment and teach them how to do test automation. 
Wow. So they were they were now collaborating at the team to team level as opposed to management saying you must do this. They did it organically on their own. Wow, awesome, awesome, David. Well, that's that's probably thanks a lot of your good coaching as well. I'm sure. Again, it's 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 when you're given an opportunity from leadership and the teams to embrace it, it's, it's, it's really enjoyable and easy. Well, it sounds like you uh, helped, to, I mean, at least working with leadership to create a safe well, transition and uh, an awesome uh, transformation. So that's one of your best clients ever. Oh, love them. Well, you know, when you find clients like that, you know, um, those are the best clients around. I mean, they, they get it, they understand it, and they want to change. And they actually, they actually climb out of the tar pit. Yep. They're, so, they're working towards it. They're I still think they it. still got one foot in it. But. Right. You still aren't you know, deploying every 12 seconds like um, our friends at Amazon, but uh, yeah. we're all sort of on the journey. So thank you. That's an awesome story. Thanks for stopping by. My pleasure. Thank um, you for having me. Pleasure to see you again. And oh, absolutely. Thanks very much. And if you are watching today, please subscribe to this channel. Uh, add some comments down below. We are happy to answer your comments. Give us some ideas for future shows that you'd like to, uh, to see here. And thanks again for watching.